Hello, thanks for joining me um, on my new adventure here, it's known as a podcast. I have been teaching the Bible for a number of years, but now we're entering this whole new realm, and I'm certainly excited about doing it. Now, this show, podcast, if you will, is um, it's going to be studying the Bible, but maybe in a little bit different methodology than you're used to, because... Um, we're going to do it more as a cerebral exercise than we are going to be doing it even as a spiritual exercise. We'll talk about the spiritual stuff but um, over time, but I'm more going to uh, um, look at this through my own personal experiences. And I myself am a military veteran. Uh, over the time for the podcast, I'll get more into that and different things I did there and some of those experiences that were fun and interesting. But that, um, this is more from my next career. Because after the military, I eventually got into law enforcement, where I have a couple of decades career. And in that time, I did a great deal of, you know, cop stuff. You know, you, you investigate things, you use laws of evidence, you do rules of um, investigations and things like that. And it's how we're going to investigate this thing called the Bible. And that's why this new podcast that I've started is going to be called Investigation Bible, IB for short. But in, during Investigation Bible, we're going to be doing a lot of studying of things. Once again, we're not going to like, I'm not going to go through verses and say, this is what this means to your life or any of that very much. I'm going to be doing more of the things like, let's talk about what this Bible is, where it comes from, who wrote it. And every time we study a book, we're going to talk about the era that it was written in, who it was written to, who it was written from, and that kind of thing. Um, that's the kind of investigation that I'd like to, to oh, use in this thing. I want to also have um, uh, guests come in uh, over time and have them be people who can really add to our, our knowledge of both history and science and philosophy and all that kind of stuff. Um, even in this very first episode, we're going to talk about what the Bible is and what it, you know, like, for example, it's not a book of science. It's not a science book, but it is a book that has a great deal of scientific statements in it. It's not a philosophy book, but it has just, it's a myriad of philosophical topics and subjects. It's not a history book, but it's chock full of history. It's not a psychological book, but it describes and kind of uh, explores human psychology at a deeper level than anything prior to for, uh, Freud, for sure. You go back prior to Freud, there's just nothing like it that explores the human psyche, if you will. And um, so it's a really interesting book. Now, I myself, uh, just in once again, I told you I was retired law enforcement now, but and a military guy. So I'm looking at it from that uh, perspective and point of view, but also from my own youth because I was not raised in church. I went to church maybe a half a dozen times, maybe a dozen in my entire childhood, and that was usually for some event, you know, something going on, or I got invited by somebody who went to church regularly, and I went. And that was fine, and I wasn't against it by any means, but my parents didn't attend, and we probably had a Bible or two around the house, but nobody read it. I mean, I didn't know anything about it at all, and um, I couldn't have told you anything about it, actually, 
uh, except for that it was the Bible. But once again, I didn't ever read it. My parents didn't read it. My brothers and sisters didn't read it. So I had no knowledge of it. However, as a teenager, like <laughs> so many teenagers, um, you kind of think you have full knowledge of everything. I don't know why teenagers think this way, but I was no different. And um, I thought I knew a lot. And so I thought it was fun to argue with people, to debate them. I thought that was enjoyable. And I did. And it wasn't just religious people. It was everybody. I just did it for everything. But I enjoyed doing it. And I didn't know what I was talking about. And that's the funny part as I look back at historically at my own self. I had no idea what I was talking about. But, but I did it anyway. So I used to pose people questions. And if I knew you went to church I in high school, I wasn't trying to ruin anybody's faith or anything. I really wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I might have, not meaning to, but I used to ask them questions that they didn't answer. Like, um, there's so many mistakes in the Bible, and it has so many historical inaccuracies, and it's just wrong in so many places. How can you believe that thing to be the Word of God? By the way, I had never read that book and didn't know what these inaccuracies were supposed to be. Um, but, but I had heard it, and so I said that. I used to say things like, well, Buddha and Muhammad and Jesus, they're all just the same, just in different cultures. And, and I would ask Christians these questions, young people that didn't know anything either, by the way. No big deal. Most young people don't. And... Um, they couldn't answer these questions, and I thought I was so smart. And then I went to work for a guy who was a Christian, and he was a nice guy. He was actually very honorable. He was a very honest guy to the point to where he would make sure he didn't cheat anybody out of anything. I mean, he was a butcher, and he um, would sell 0.9 pounds of uh, or 1.1 pounds of meat for a do- for a pound. One, you know, he'd make sure he was over the poundage of meat. And he told me why. So, and, and it was my job to weigh some of these things and stuff. So he told me, I'd always give them more than I'm charging. And I didn't know why. And he said, there's a Bible verse that says that um, God hates an unjust weight. Well, that's when I realized that he was a, um, a religious guy. And I really liked him, but, you know, I was not. And so I just kind of dismissed it. And he was my boss, so I didn't try and challenge him or anything. But... Um, over time, he was such an approachable person that I did ask him some of those questions, like, uh, what about all the mistakes in the Bible? And he was the best person you could talk to a teenager that thought he was smart, which I wasn't, but um, I thought I was. And he did not answer me. He did what I eventually found was the Socrates method, the Socratic method. He actually didn't answer anything. He just asked me uh, questions, pointed right back at me. And I'd never experienced that from anybody, and I was taken aback. So I would say, what about all the inaccuracies in the Bible? And he'd go, well, what inaccuracies are there? Well, we all know there are. We do? Well, what are they? If you know what they are, why don't you tell me? We can talk about each one. Well, I had no idea what, what inaccuracies there were. And, um, you know, the same thing with um, Buddha and Muhammad. I remember asking him, I said, well, don't you think their teachings are the same? And, you know, they're just the same stuff, all sent from God, if they are. And he said, really? He goes, well, what does the Buddha teach? 
And of course, I had no idea. He goes, what does Muhammad teach? I remember actually kind of telling him, well, like, be good to people and be nice to one another and you'll go to heaven. He goes, is that what they teach? And <laughs> of course, I didn't know. But he was educated and he did know. So he pointed the questions to me. What are the Four Noble Truths? What are the Eightfold Path or whatever from Buddhism? And I didn't have any idea. So I'm feeling stupid now. <laughs> he wasn't trying to make me feel stupid, but I was really realizing how ignorant I was on the subject. And he actually challenged me to read books on the subject. And he gave me a list of books, pro and con, of Christianity. Things that were like Bertrand Russell, Why I'm Not a Christian, but also Francis Schaeffer. Make sure you read both. Read C.S. Lewis. Make sure you read everybody on both sides of these arguments so that you can have a well-rounded argument, Bill. And he remember he even told me one point, he goes, shouldn't come back with any of these questions until you come up with some hard ones. <laughs> which I thought I was asking hard questions. But it started me on a journey. I didn't become a Christian over that. I did not. But it started me on a uh, a path, if you will. Uh, I started on explore an exploration tour of what these people said, because I believe there was a God. I thought that was foolish not to believe in God. Um, I even remember thinking as a young person, no one can be a true atheist because you can't know there's no God. That's an impossible knowledge to have. So you can be an agnostic, but I wasn't an atheist at all, and I wasn't even an agnostic. I believe there was a deity. I just didn't think any human knew who that deity could be. I, that's what I thought. That was my juvenile mindset. And so he had challenged me, and his name was Mike, and he did, and it started a process over a few years where I did study and I did read pro and con. And I found that the most of the time, the people who were against the Bible and against Christianity wasn't so much rooted in science other than the basic statement like, oh, well, we know the Bible's wrong scientifically. And we accept scientists don't believe the Bible and all these blanket statements. But they're not a lot of specific stuff, okay? But every time I read a Christian apologist, I didn't even know they were called that yet, but that just means a person who gives an answer for a reason. Originally in Greek, the word apology means an answer. Okay, that's what it actually means. And it doesn't mean I'm sorry. It means here's the answer to the question, you know, your question. And so Christian apologists would deal with just intelligence, raw knowledge, basic facts, a lot of logic and a lot of reason. And I found that to be interesting that the Christians I was reading, like Schaefer or Lewis, were really giving straightforward, logical, reasonable arguments for their faith, where some of the others were like, I don't believe in God because the world's a bad place. And if I were God, the world wouldn't be a bad place. Well, how do you know that? I mean, that's that's kind of an odd argument to to oppose. You don't know what it's like to be a god unless you are one. And even, I didn't, this movie came out years later, but um, after my, uh, I'd come to knowledge or, you know, faith in God, but Bruce Almighty was a perfect example of, you know, well, you think it's easy to be God? Well, here, I'm going to give you some powers. And of course, he messes the whole thing up. <laughs> he just ruins everything. And I remember him, uh, saying he heard all these voices in his head he's like all these people around the world are praying and morgan freeman played god and he's like those aren't the voices from around the world that's just the city block <laughs> i mean i'm probably misquoting it but the point is 
is it was a really good exercise in, oh, I would do it this way. Well, maybe you wouldn't if you had ultimate power. Maybe you would, and maybe you'd make the place worse. I don't know. And so I always thought that, you know, that was a reasonable position to take that there was a deity and that he probably knew what he was doing, but I thought no human had any idea who this was. That's, that, that's where I started. That's where I started my process. And as I read these people and found some really solid, logical arguments for the existence of the God of the Bible, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it really shook me up. It did. And I didn't even become a Christian yet. It wasn't until I was in the military and life was going great, and I'd kind of come to this conclusion that maybe Jesus was who he said he was. And then, so then I went the next step, and I actually went to a church. And that was when I was in the Army, and everything was going great. There's nothing wrong with this. The, the uh, testimony of my life is falling apart. I'm, you know, drug addict, or, you know, my parents won't talk to me, or I lost all my friends, or my children have rebelled and won't, you know, won't have anything to do with me. But then I came to Christ and he fixed everything. That's a good testimony. I like it. It's not mine at all. Everything was going great for me. I had good parents, good brothers and sisters, had a great upbringing. Um, my life had gone well up to that point. I was being, I had a very successful military career up to that point. At that, at that juncture, everything was going great in my life. There was no downside. And I even knew that, and I was a normal guy. I wasn't like, I didn't do everything wrong, but I didn't do everything right either. And I was a normal guy. And so, you know, normal soldier drinking and, you know, getting in some trouble once in a while and that kind of stuff. And I remember thinking, I was having so much fun doing that, that when, if I really do this Christian thing, that's going to be the problem. It's not that I've got problems and I need Christ. I don't have any problems. If I go to Christ, I'm going to get some problems because people aren't going to like this. And um, I was right. You know, when I first started serving the Lord, people questioned it and couldn't seem to figure out why. And that, including my own family, you know, but that's, I knew that was going to happen. But I kind of came to the conclusion he was Lord. Then I went to church and actually that's where the faith started. I started learning what this Bible taught. I, I had now read it, but I didn't understand it, but I had now at least read it. And, um, and so I had a basic knowledge of it and everything, but I came to Christ. And when I did, I realized that there was a, a lack of education amongst people in church about the histories and the sciences and the philosophies of this book. So that is kind of my foundation, and that's how I like to teach the Bible. No, nothing wrong with teaching verse by verse and, and applying it to your life. That's actually important. But that's not what we're going to do in this uh, podcast. We're going to do something a little different. So anyway, um, I'm going to break it down on the very first podcast to a few things. And then we're going to be short. It's not going to be a really long one on the first one here at all. Um, But I want to break down what the Bible is. Okay? Basically, more like a college class. This isn't um, a... Uh, church service. This is more like a collegiate class, okay? So what is the Bible? Well, the word Bible, biblios, means book. You know, that's all it means. It just means book. And so we got to, in fact, you know that from your bibliography. You know, uh, when you um, do your college work and you have to uh, give information on all the places you got your information, you have to cite, you know, your citations and everything. And so 
And when you read a book that has citations, it gives you a bibliography of other books that gave you the information that you have. Same word, same, same idea, same word as Bible. So we have a book, the Bible is the holy book. That's what we call it, the holy Bible. Now, holy is just a word. It doesn't mean like we use it much. In the original um, meaning of the word, it's separate, separate for a cause. That's what it originally means. It's kind of today it means like a good person. You're a holy person. That means you're good, you know, close to God or something. And, and, and it can mean that, but that's not the original intent of the word. The original intent of the word was to separate. This is a separate book that's different than the other books, the Holy Bible. This is separated out, and the idea is that's written by God. Okay? So I remember as a kid still saying to Christians, I said this. So God wrote the Bible? Yes, God wrote the Bible. Okay, well, how did, did he write it in heaven and then send it down to earth with angels, or did he drop it from heaven and it landed on the ground, somebody picked it up and started reading? I mean, how did that happen? Well, nobody knew. I mean, I had nobody answer me those things. So I was like, you know, I thought I was being so clever. But the reality is it's a simple answer. This Bible was written. Now, I believe it was written by God. But it was through his Holy Spirit. He did through people as they're inspired. And that's what the, even in the scriptures it says that, that holy men being inspired by God wrote down these things that we now know as the Holy Bible. Okay? But... Um, and so that mankind can know these things. But how do we take this book? It's divided up into a few different sections. First, we're going to divide it up into, well, it's 66 books. So first, it's just one thing. We're not going to divide it. It's one, one book, 66 different books inside of one book. Okay, but then what do we do? Well, we divide it between what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, what does that mean? Well, God spoke to the nation of Israel because of a guy named Abraham, and he had talked to his offspring. Abraham followed God. God counted his righteousness to him. He told him that his children would be like the sands of the sea, and that through him, all the world, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And his offspring were the, the, became the, the Israeli nation, the nation of Israel, okay? And through those people, he rose up both prophets and teachers and priests and kings and stuff to write down things inside this book. And as they wrote stuff down, it was recorded and kept and all those kind of things. Now, most of it was written between the years 1500 BC. So that's before Christ. Christ was born at zero. I know uh, BCE and CE, Common Era, before Common Era, everybody wants to say that nowadays because they've taken the name Christ out of it. But the reality is it's still the birth of Christ. No matter what, you're still calling it zero. It's not the Common Era. It's the birth of Christ era. So Jesus is born. Everything after that is one year later, two years later, three years later, 2022 years later, which is where we're at now. And then... Um, Working backwards, it's the same idea. The birth of Christ is zero. And then if you're one year before the birth of Christ, that's 1 BC, meaning before Christ. And then two years would be two. Um, let's go back to when Moses lived, because that's who wrote the first five books of the Bible, and that's about 1500 BC, roughly, 1,500 years before Christ. And so 
Um, this book is written over a fairly long period of time because Moses starts it with Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And um, those are the first five books known as the law in the Israeli world. And, well, and anybody that studies this stuff, it's known as the law, written down by Moses. And then when we'll get into the individual reasons why we have information and how Moses got this information, but not today. I'm just more talking about the general idea of the book. So in this Old Testament, starting in uh, 1500 BC, roughly, Moses starts it. It ends with uh, the guy named John, the Apostle John. You've probably heard of him. You got the Gospel of John. And then he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Those are letters that he wrote. And then um, we have the book of Revelation, where at the end of his life, or close to the end, God pulled him into heaven and showed him things that were going to happen in the future. He wrote them down, and that's known as the book of Revelation. That's the last book of the Bible. It was written in the 90s AD, so after the birth of Christ. Annos Domini, that's what it means. It's, it's Latin. I don't actually know. I've never found out why we call it after the birth of Christ. We call it a Latin term, AD. And before the birth of Christ, we call it an English term, B.C. I don't know why we do it, but we do. So B.C. and A.D. Now, I know that, once again, in the circles of education, they call it uh, the common era or before the common era. I get that. And that's all in the English language, no Latin involved. But it's still based upon that zero number, which is the birth of Christ. So, now, this book, as I said, it's written, it's divided into different sections. We have the what we call the Old Testament. That started in about 1500 B.C. and ended at about 400 B.C. Okay, so before the birth of Christ, in that time frame, a little over a thousand years, that's when that book was written down, or that's when those 39 books were written down. If you remember, I said there was 66 books in this Bible. It's divided up into two sections, the Old Testament having 39 books and the New Testament having 27. That's how those 66 books can be divided, old and new. The Old Testament was written down by children of Abraham, biological children of Abraham. And they were some prophets and they were kings and they were priests and they were shepherds. And, and these are different people that wrote in this uh, thing called the what we call the Old Testament. I believe all inspired by God, and that was in that that thousand, a little over a thousand year period. Then it was a, it's called the Quiet Era, or the you know the the era where God didn't speak. And I don't think that that's true. I think in historically He's always speaking to us. But there's no prophets that wrote anything down that was kept. Okay, uh, that that was kept and then canonized as holy scripture. Other people wrote stuff, but it wasn't like okay, that's definitely from God, and. Then the New Testament, that was written from about 50 AD, so about a little less than a decade or two decades after the death of Christ. Now, Jesus was born in his 33rd year. He was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. That's a big deal. We'll talk about that in the future. But after that, then the church starts. Well, nobody wrote any of these New Testament books down for a little over a decade, and then they started getting written down. Okay, and so the first books written in the late 40s A.D., early 50s A.D., there's controversy on that, but, it does, but it's all within a very short period of time. All eyewitnesses are still, mo not all, most eyewitnesses are still alive when these books are being written, and they're being sent to each of these new churches that had just cropped up as letters to read to each other. And so, um, 
And the last one being the book of Revelation, which I already said, written about in the 90s AD. Okay, so from the about 50 to the mid-90s, 45 to 50 years period of the New Testament being written, where over a thousand years of the Old Testament being written, but still written by about 40 authors, 40 different humans penned this book. Okay, now we can divide the Old Testament into three sections, which is the law, that's Moses we talked about, the writings, that's the histories of, of what was going on in Israel and what, how God was dealing with them. And that includes Joshua and Judges, and that's pure history. And then it includes some of the philosophical books and even some of the historical books, the philosophical books being like uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, the historical books being like Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther. And, and those books are histories. They're, they're pure histories. And... Um, that includes the histories of like in First Kings, Second Kings, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Those are all histories of the kings of the north and the south because they divided the country. There was a civil war in that country, like our own. The difference is instead of uniting the country, it divided it for the rest of their existence, the north and the south. But we're going to get into all that later. This is just telling you kind of what how it's divided out. So then, so you have the law the first five books, then you have the writings, what I just mentioned, and, and many more books in there. And then you have the prophets, okay? Now that's people you've heard of like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel. You've heard of those people, no doubt. I mean, they're famous to this day. And um, people name their kids after these people, okay? So they're famous to this day. But it also includes a bunch of prophets that you probably never even heard of. Now, you've heard of Jonah, because Jonah and the whale, or Jonah and the big fish, and all that kind of stuff. But you've probably never heard of Obadiah. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. You may have never heard of Habakkuk. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. They both wrote books that are still in this book called the Bible. Okay, And Malachi is a prophet you may have never heard of, but he wrote the last book of the Old Testament. Okay, And so... Then we, so that's the sections, law, writings, prophets. Likewise, in the New Testament, we can divide it up into three sections also. And that's the Gospels. And then, and those Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, those were people that at least three of them were eyewitnesses. Matthew and Mark and um, John were eyewitnesses of these events. They were following Jesus around while taking notes and and all that kind of stuff. In fact, Matthew, you want some exact quotes. He's really good because he was a tax collector that knew how to do shorthand in Latin. <laughs> he was for the Romans, so he wrote in a Latin uh, script, and they had a system of writing in kind of a shorthand. So he had that ability because he had to deal with, that was his bosses, and he had to deal with them. So he was following Jesus, and what he wrote down is, is just like word for word, probably, what Jesus said. And Mark was a little boy, teenager maybe, during and his parents were following Jesus, and he was following him, and he wrote it down. He also was a disciple of Peter and Paul as he grew into adulthood. And then, so he, now Peter was an eyewitness, so he told Mark a lot of things, undoubtedly, that he recorded in Mark. Um John was an eyewitness. He was actually Jesus's best friend on this earth. He wrote down what he remembered and all that kind of stuff. And he'd had the uh, he'd already read the first Matthew, Mark, and Luke because they already existed. And he goes, "Okay, those are all good." He didn't talk bad about them. He said, "That's right. And that's what Jesus did." But I'm going to tell you a few more things that I remember. And so John has a little bit different than what's called the Synoptic Gospels, which is 
They all tell basically the same story. He tells it a little differently, but only because he'd already read the first three. He said, they're right, but I'm going to add some stuff that people forgot to write in, but I was there, and I'm going to write this down for you. And that's the Gospel of John, okay? And then you have the book of Acts. Now, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. And I'll call the Gospels in the book of Acts the first five books of the New Testament. And I put them together, saying they're a section, because they are the history of Jesus and the church, because that's what the book of Acts is. Now, Luke was not an eyewitness to Jesus, but what he was was like a a newspaper man, maybe, a, a reporter. And he went to everybody, and he talked to them. He'd become a Christian, and then he now talked to the people who were around Jesus. He spoke to Mary about her, the childhood. He did all kinds of stuff, talked to the other disciples that were with him. And he wrote it down as a uh, newspaper man would, like, what did you hear? What did you learn? What did you see? And he, he recorded it, and he thin it, sent it off to a guy, both Luke and um, Acts, to tell him, hey, the things you've learned from us, now he's going around preaching the gospel with Paul at this time. He says, these things you've learned from from us, uh, they're accurate, but I'm going to give you a really good account of them. And that's where we get the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And now he was around when the church was being built, so that's his own, you know, he's, his own experiences in the book of Acts. But anyway, now we move on to the next section, which is quite a few books, and it's called the Epistles. That's just a fancy word uh, to say letter, that's all. I happen to think that a lot of people make up big, important-sounding words to make themselves sound smarter. That's my theory. Because um, most words have a pretty simple meaning, and we would use the word letter. So he wrote, uh, the, these other books are like letters that were sent from the apostles and um, out to the churches that were being built. And some of them, most of them were written by a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. But... Um, Peter wrote a couple of them. John wrote uh, three of them. Um, Jesus' half-brother James and Jesus' half-brother Jude wrote some. So, I mean, quite a few different authors wrote in these epistles that we have, or letters, okay? So, we got that section of letters. You know, today we send emails. So, you know, maybe you can say, well, Paul was sending an email to the church at Corinth. <laughs> it took a while to get there, though, because they had to hand-deliver that email. But he even tells them in those letters, read it to the other churches around you. So that, and, that's, and they collected those things, and that's where we get all these letters that make up the majority of the New Testament. And then the last book is the book of Revelation. John got arrested for being a Christian because it was illegal by the time John was old to be a Christian. And uh, the Roman Empire arrested him, and he got put on an island called Patmos, which we know where that's at. You can actually go do tours there. Um, my One of my daughters is in Europe and going to be in Asia and everything, and she's going to go through the Holy Lands. Um, don't know if she's going to make it to Patmos, but my niece did. Uh, I had a niece that went touring over there, and she got to this island called Patmos. And that's where John was held as a prisoner, when Jesus came to him and said, I'm going to show you some things that are going to come to pass. And then he writes it down, and that's the book of Revelation. So that's what this book is made up of. So now we've got a, to recap real simple, we've got a book of 66 other books, all put into one binder, okay? And in this binder, we have two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. Old Testament made up of 39 books, New Testament made up of 27 books, in that, written down by a little over 40 authors, 
Old Testament, I didn't bring this up, but it was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek, so two different languages. There's a few sporadic things in there, but that's what it's basically made up of. Old Testament in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. It's written over a 1,500, 1,600-year period. It's written on three continents, Africa, the Middle East, what we would call the Middle East, Asia, and then Europe. And it's written over that time with all these different people, and yet it agrees 100% with itself on who God is, what his purpose for making humanity, and what to do with our lives, and even how it's going to, the entire system is going to be ended. It agrees with itself all the way through that, which is pretty miraculous because these are people that don't even know each other. And some of them hadn't read the others, and yet they came up with the same story. Um, I can't even get people in my own household to want the same, to tell me what pizza is the best, okay? <laughs> Much less who God is, something that important, what he wants from us, why we're here. These are um, questions that should be asked. These are um, things that people have asked throughout time. But these group of people came to the same conclusion. And that's some of the things we're going to talk about as we go forward in the podcast, Investigation Bible. As we look at this book through the eyes of a retired law enforcement officer, you know, we will we'll use um, systems of investigation, um, evidentiary laws and rules and everything else as we move forward. And then I want, once again, to have some guests in here to help us out too. So thank you for joining me for the first episode of what I hope to be quite a few um, in this new venture of podcasts that we're going to call Investigation Bible.